Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. HousingWire Daily examines the most compelling mortgage, real estate, and fintech articles reported from the HousingWire newsroom. Each afternoon, the HW Digital team provides our listeners with a deeper look into the stories that are helping move markets forward. Hosted and produced by Alcina Lloyd and Victoria Wickham. And now, here's our host. Today, we'll continue our coverage of your favorite episodes of 2020. In today's episode, you'll be listening to an interview that features Mike Frattentoni, the Mortgage Bankers Association's chief economist. During the interview, Mike discusses the MBA's mortgage forecast, which includes revised estimates for the third and fourth quarter of 2020, as well as predictions for next year's purchase market. But before we listen, here's a brief word on Housing Wire's newest podcast. They say money talks, so why can't we? Housing Wire is thrilled to introduce its newest podcast, Girl Funds, a show where we give you our two cents on money. We love to talk with our girlfriends about everything except our finances. We're here to bring money back into the conversation hosted by me, Brenda Nath, along with our editor-in-chief, Sarah Wheeler. Be sure to join us every week starting this Wednesday for our girls' night focused on everything from how to pursue your dream of owning a home to affording your best friend's wedding. Each week, we'll have a special guest join us as we intertwine finance and friendship. Hello, Housing Wire listeners. Today, I'm joined with Mike Frattentoni, the Mortgage Bankers Association's Chief Economist. Thanks for joining us on Housing Wire Daily, Mike. Thanks for having me. Of course. Listeners, today, Mike will be speaking to us about the MBA's mortgage market forecast, which includes revised estimates for the third and fourth quarter of 2020, as well as predictions for next year's purchase market. Mike, this year has no doubt been crazy as the COVID-19 pandemic has transformed almost every aspect of home buying. We've seen this directly impact how lenders, originators, and real estate agents do business. In fact, we've also seen it alter the home buying decisions of Americans. An MBA's November Mortgage and Economic Forecast, which details movement within the mortgage market and economy, you indicate given better than expected incoming data, the MBA has made upward revisions to its 2020 and 2021 origination estimates. Uh, can you discuss the data and possibly why the origination volumes are expected to heat up. Sure thing. So as folks in the industry know well, 2020 has just been an extraordinary year. So we expect that this is going to be one of the largest refinance years ever and one of the largest total origination volumes ever. And as you mentioned, some of the incoming data just Again, surprisingly strong. We saw a full percentage point drop in the unemployment rate going from September to October. We saw existing home sales reach their highest level since 2005. New construction is up about 30% in terms of single-family housing starts compared to last year at this time. 
And we're seeing home prices booming really across the country with the median price on an existing home up more than 15% on a year-over-year basis. All of that is feeding into stronger purchase origination numbers. And then, as I mentioned, with record low mortgage rates, that really is feeding this extraordinary refinance wave. So there's a lot going on in the market right now. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Um, Definitely. Yeah, I want to focus on something. Um, according to the report, for the remainder of the year, the MBA anticipates refinance originations are expected to jump 91.5% to $1.97 trillion, marking the highest total since 2003, when it came in at $2.53 trillion. Uh, what's explained this climb? So again, as folks know, you know, end of 2019, we were already seeing fairly strong refinance activity. But then as the pandemic hit and the lockdowns and then the extraordinary actions by the Fed to take short-term rates down to zero with you know, and a commitment to keep them there for years, and additionally, uh, asset purchases, so they're adding to their holdings of treasuries by $80 billion per month and mortgage-backed securities by $40 billion per month. So a lot of downward pressure on rates brought mortgage rates not only to record lows, but well below 3%. Uh, by some measures. And that had to just stoke this enormous refinance wave. And uh, really across the market, jumbo loans, agency jumbo, conforming government loans, we're seeing strong refinance demand really across the board. Uh, And these are primarily rate term refinances. So, you know, a very, very powerful way for the Fed's actions in terms of monetary policy to directly benefit households in the form of lower mortgage payments. And that's going forward to stimulate the economy more broadly. So it's, it's a particularly effective uh, transmittal of monetary policy to economic stimulus. All right, as we talk about this refinance volume, let's discuss some other refinance findings in this report. According to the MBA, refinance originations are expected to slow in 2021, decreasing to $971 billion. Why are refinances projected to slow? I mean, just in September, it was reported that the refinance boom was just getting started. What happened? Well, the key to a refinance forecast is is always about the rate path going forward. So I mentioned in 2020, you know, we've moved to ever successive new lows in terms of mortgage rates. We expect that as we get on the other side of the pandemic by the middle of next year, given the extraordinarily positive news about the vaccines, again, the expectation that hopefully we'll be back on our feet uh, and closer to normal by the middle of next year, uh, coupled with the fact that the government has been so supportive in terms of additional spending. There is just an enormous amount of debt out there. The federal budget deficit exceeded $3 trillion in fiscal 2020. We think it'll get close to that in fiscal 2021. And that's going to be putting some upward pressure on longer-term rates. So even though short-term rates are going to be kept at zero by the Fed, we expect the long end of the yield curve to get steeper. So that means somewhat higher mortgage rates. So if we're at a 2.8% 30-year rate today, we think by the end of 2021, we'll be up at 3.3, maybe as as high as 3.5. And even that modest increase in mortgage rates, we think is going to be sufficient to really curtail refinance demand because homeowners now have had you know, eight, nine, 10 months of just extraordinarily low mortgage rates. And if they haven't refinanced at a 2.8, it 
it's really unlikely they're going to refinance at a 3-3. So that's why we think refinance volume is going to fall through the course of next year, particularly in the second half. All right. So as we talk about homeowners, we have to talk about the economy. Um, You kind of touched on this already, but I'd like to revisit the discussion and dive in on MBA's economic predictions for 2021. Um, According to the MBA's forecast, after declining about 2.5% in 2020, the economy is expected to rebound in 2021 and expand to a growth rate of 3%. Additionally, the unemployment rate is expected to improve more rapidly, reaching the 5% mark by the end of 2021. Um, My question is, with reports of the COVID-19 pandemic worsening in many markets across the country, are these figures subject to change? Yeah, there certainly is a high degree of uncertainty about this outlook, but it's interesting. I guess at this point, again, highlighting the recent vaccine news, I would say the uncertainty is about the next three to four months. And obviously the public health situation is so troubling and uh, certainly worried about what that's going to mean for families over the next several months. But if you look at the economic data, it sure looks like, you know, six, eight, 12 months from now, actually there's less uncertainty now that we know that the path of this pandemic is likely to get considerably better as we get into the middle of next year. And when that happens, we really think there is gonna be a boom of activity, particularly in the services sector of the economy. Been a lot of focus on things like restaurants and bars and travel and arts and entertainment. But even think about things like healthcare. You know, if we get on the other side of this pandemic, people are going to go back to regularly visiting their doctor again for checkups and uh, less uh, in the way of, you know, traditional healthcare. And that is a lot of spending across those sectors that I mentioned that's going to get unlocked. So I think that is going to be leading to a real, real sharp uh, increase in the pace of economic activity. And then it'll show up as a stronger job market. And as you mentioned, we think. The unemployment rate, which peaked at 14.7% in April, has come down to 6.9. We think will improve to 65 by the end of this year, 5% by the end of 2021. And there even is a potential it could do better than that. Again, it's all about unlocking some of this activity, uh, which has just been cooped up for uh, really the time since March. Yes, and I know we all can't wait to get to the other side of this pandemic next year, which brings me to my next question. I'd like to wrap this interview by asking you if there's anything our industry needs to be paying attention to when it comes to lending, mortgage rates, or the economy uh, as we head into 2021. I'd point out two things. One, we focused much of the discussion about the origination side of the market. Obviously, the servicing side of the market, incredibly important too. We've been tracking the share of loans in forbearance that got as high as 8.5% in June. In our most recent weekly report, it was down to about 5.5%. Many of these borrowers have now been in forbearance for more than six months, had the opportunity with the CARES Act forbearance to extend that to 12 months. Uh, By the time we get to the end of that 12-month period in March or April of next year, that's going to be a lot of work for the industry to move these borrowers out of forbearance into a sustainable payment moving forward. So I think that's really one thing to focus on next year, that March-April timeframe, how the industry handles that transition. And then second, uh, obviously got the news last night about the formal Uh, transition beginning to the Biden administration and a lot of thoughts about 
what the new administration will mean in terms of housing policy. Uh, obviously, there was a commitment to things like uh, pushing for a first-time home buyer tax credit to help support uh, buyers really get on that first rung of home ownership. So I think there's going to be a lot of discussion, and they think more so with the Biden administration than the Trump administration about more and more support for affordable housing and for support for first-time home buyers. So I think for the industry, that's going to be a really important change this year. All right. Well, we'll be paying attention to that as we head into 2021. Well, Mike, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, it's been great having you here. Thank you. Now more than ever, the housing industry is looking to its leaders for answers. That's why each week, the Housing News Podcast invites a new mortgage, fintech, or real estate executive to the show to provide its listeners with more perspective on the announcements and news stories crossing HousingWire's news desk. Hosted by Sarah Wheeler and produced by Alcina Lloyd, the Housing News Podcast is now available on iTunes, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and more. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and we'll catch everyone back here again tomorrow.